This is an ABC podcast. Ninamani Nanayatiana Naigana Nai Gangabina. Hello, are you good? My name is Tiana. My Ghana name is Gangabina, which means the caring one. To begin, it's important that we acknowledge the country that we are on. I'm on Ghana the land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We would like to pay our respects to the custodians, to the ancestors that nurtured the land and the elders that have led the way for generations. This is your land, this is your country, it has always been Aboriginal land. And as this is a podcast whose reach is far and wide, we would like to extend our respect to the elders of the land this recording might reach. Hi, I'm Shari Sevens. I'm an actor and director and a proud Bardi Jabba Jabba woman. We're celebrating NAIDOC week here at Fierce Girls headquarters and I've selected some of my favourite stories about fierce First Nations women for you to listen to. Happy NAIDOC week and enjoy the story. This is the story of the girl who became a fierce bush ranger, Mary Ann Bug, read by singer-songwriter Thelma Plum. Marianne Bug jolted awake. Her ears pricked up as the rest of the gang snored around her. It didn't sound like a dingo, but Marianne sensed there was something dangerous lurking in the bush outside. The hairs on her arms stood on end. Marianne gasped. The snaps were feet, human feet cracking twigs as they cautiously stepped through the scrub right near her hut. It had to be the police. Psst. Marianne whispered, Troopers! The other bush rangers stirred. Get up, she hissed, or you'll all be done for. Captain Thunderbolt slipped on his boots, kissed Marianne's cheek and darted out the door. Marianne rolled her eyes. Her husband had become one of Australia's most famous bush rangers, but he wouldn't be anywhere without her. She was always protecting him. Captain Thunderbolt strikes again, the headline read. Captain Thunderbolt, the gentleman bushranger. Even though he was a criminal, the public grew to like Thunderbolt because he robbed from the rich to give to the poor. Kind of like Robin Hood. What the newspapers didn't seem to realise, or what they seemed to ignore, was that Mary Ann was the boss of the whole operation. She was the true captain. Wait here, she said to Thunderbolt as they arrived on the outskirts of a new town. I'll go and check if the coast is clear. Thunderbolt's gang was wanted by police across the country, but Marianne wasn't afraid to venture out in public. She held her head high and strode confidently along the streets while townspeople stared and spoke in hushed tones behind their hands. Because Marianne's milky brown skin looked a little unusual to some people. Marianne's dad was an English convict sent to Australia. Her mum was Aboriginal. But Marianne fibbed about her heritage. I'm Maori, she told everybody born in New Zealand. She might have been afraid to tell people she was Aboriginal because Indigenous people were often treated very badly during that time. Her upbringing gave her special skills. She went to a school in the city where she learned to read and write with white kids. But when she came home, her mum taught her the ways of the bush. Learning from both cultures, 
was like being armed with superpowers. Marianne was one of the rare people in Australia who could read and write and communicate in English, but also hunt, find water and survive in harsh, unfamiliar country. It meant she could outsmart the troopers and outrun Aboriginal trackers. All right, Thunderbolt, she said. I looked around and the police are out of town today. There was a pub that looked busy, so there should be a bit of money there. And there's a general store where you could get us some supplies. Marianne was extra smart because she was technically never a part of the robberies. She just thought of the ideas, helped them set up, and then sent Thunderbolt and his mates in to do the dirty work. Besides, Marianne's plate was already full. She was pregnant and caring for two daughters at their secret camp while Thunderbolt was out gallivanting around. Girls, shh, someone's coming. Marianne heard clip-clop of horses, trooper horses. You again, said the sergeant as he rode into camp. He was looking for Thunderbolt. Marianne was used to this happening. Thunderbolt had a habit of fleeing and leaving his wife to deal with questioning from the police. You're too late, Marianne said. Thunderbolt's left and I don't know where he's gone. The sergeant surveyed the area. Saddles, guns, food. Surely some of it was stolen. Ma'am, you're under arrest for possession of stolen goods, he said. A pregnant Marianne wasn't exactly in the mood to be hauled away to a prison cell. Girls, go and play under a tree for a minute, she said to her daughters. Marianne felt steam rising from her gut to her chest to her ears. She was mad. She was ready to explode. And she did. What are you doing? The sergeant shouted. Marianne leapt on top of him. She thumped his chest and scratched his back. Leave us alone, she screamed. We've done nothing wrong. Calm down, the sergeant said. Be a lady. But Marianne didn't want to calm down. She didn't want to be a lady. She took a step back raised her clenched fists to her chin, ready to fight. I'll take you on, Marianne said. Let's go, one-on-one. The sergeant whistled for backup. More troopers emerged from the bush and pounced on Marianne. You can't do this, she screamed. They tied her wrists together and put her on a horse with the girls. Take them back to the station, the sergeant ordered. It was a long ride through the rugged terrain. Marianne thought quickly about how she could escape. She looked down at her swollen belly. She didn't want to have a baby in prison. That was it. Ah! Oh! Stop the horse! Stop the horse! The troopers gulped nervously. She's bluffing, the sergeant said. Marianne's moans grew louder. Ah! It hurts! It's coming! The baby is coming! Marianne doubled over, faking pain. All right, all right, the sergeant said. I can't deal with this. I don't want to deliver a baby. When the group reached the closest farm, they abandoned the girls and Marianne, still groaning in pretend labour. When the last of the police horses vanished on the horizon, she stopped. Right, girls, Marianne said. Let's set up a new camp. Marianne didn't actually need Thunderbolt. She could survive on her own. She dug up yams and picked native flowers and fruits for snacks. She straddled a horse properly, not side saddle like women were expected to ride, and she wore men's clothes. Who wants to ride in a dress, she scoffed. So impractical. She made her own spears and used them to kill cattle so that her kids could feast on meat. Thunderbolt occasionally reappeared, but then he took off again. 
leaving Marianne to deal with the troopers on their tail. What now? She asked as the police rummaged through her things. A constable pulled a pile of calico from her bag. Is this yours? He asked Marianne. She nodded. I'm arresting you for possession of stolen goods, he said. Marianne sighed. Not again. It's not stolen, she insisted. I bought it from the fabric shop in Maitland. But Marianne had no receipt to prove it. Guilty, the court declared. Your sentence is three months in jail. Marianne was ready to put up another fight. Only this time, there was no need for lying or pretending. She wrote a letter of petition to the New South Wales Governor explaining her situation. Your Excellency, I beg of you, please investigate my circumstances. Yours sincerely, Mary Ann, wife of Frederick Ward, a.k.a. Captain Thunderbolt. It didn't take long to prove her innocence. A simple visit to the fabric shop showed a record of Marianne's purchase. Plus, the shopkeeper remembered her clearly. She stood out from my other customers, he said. It's not often you meet an Aboriginal woman who speaks English so well. Marianne felt relieved, but she didn't show it. She stood tall, proud that justice had been done. Told you so, Marianne said to the prison guards. She stepped into the sunlight as the gates closed behind her. Here we go again, she said, back to the bush to find my husband. But when Marianne reunited with Captain Thunderbolt, something felt different. Maybe prison had scared Marianne off a life of crime. Maybe she just got sick of always being on the run. Or maybe she had enough of Thunderbolt himself. She didn't know if she could put up with his constant disappearing and leaving her to face the police. And even when Thunderbolt was around, he became a bit of a burden. Marianne, what does this say? He asked, pointing at the newspaper. Thunderbolt couldn't read, so Marianne had to teach him. Marianne, I need your help, Thunderbolt said. I can't get into the stirrups. Thunderbolt had been shot in the leg. He needed his wife to lift him onto his horse. The final straw came after news that Thunderbolt was in love with another woman. Marianne didn't want to be Thunderbolt's wife anymore. I'm done, she told him. I want a new life for me and the kids. She galloped into the sunset and didn't look back. Without Marianne there to protect him, Thunderbolt was quickly caught and killed by a trooper. He was remembered as a hero, but Marianne never spoke of him again. Marianne fell in love with a new man, and she had 15 children altogether. 15. She lived a long and quiet life, working as a nurse. Her patients had no idea the woman checking their temperature and blood pressure was once known as Thunderbolt's lady. Marianne Bug was more than Thunderbolt's lady. She was a bush ranger. She was the boss. And she was the true captain. How bold and brave is Marianne Bug? Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. My name is Thelma Plum, and I'm a singer-songwriter and a strong, proud Gamilaroi woman. To hear more awesome episodes of Fierce Girls for free, go to the ABC Listen app or other podcast apps on your mobile device. And remember to be fierce. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women and one snazzy guy. It's produced by Alex Lolbach. 
The executive producers are Justine Kelly and Monique Bowley. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. David LeMay is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. <laughs> Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of ABC Audio Studios. And if you need more fierceness in your life, have a listen to the other Fierce Girls stories we've made just for you. You can listen to them for free on the ABC Listen app and other great podcasting apps too. Or head to the Fierce Girls website where you'll also find colouring in sheets and posters of your favourite Fierce Girls.